0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire Demasquerade live play podcast. I am Silvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The deputies delivered a press conference. Between Val's ability to make them look professional and Doris drugging the crowd to placate them, Evangeline reassured the town and regained their trust for now. Meanwhile, Everett refused to ascribe guilt without a proper investigation, earning him the respect of the council and an official confirmation as sheriff. With the Ass Protocol now completed, what is Harvey doing in New Haven? Abandon hope. All ye who listen here.
1: I'm back.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, Tom came in for a little break oh, uh, for no. me uh, because I took over for a bit uh, to help him, you know, raise a human. Uh, and he took over to me while I tried to raise an MFA, but I have abandoned. <laughs> this. So I prefer vampires uh, just to get that <laughs> out of the way. and let us dive back into our story here. Everett, Harv has just come out of a building that says, Zany's coming soon. He goes, oh, damn. Uh, and he reaches up and he pulls down the coming soon sign. And he just says, well, I'd love to talk, but I got to get back in there. It's time for me to do my set. You know, good seeing you, good seeing you, man. And he just claps you on the shoulder and he's going to turn to go back into the club.
3: Uh, Harv, what are you doing here?
1: Oh, I got I to do a set because I got a comedy club now. I met Mr. Toasty something and it's all great. All right, got to go do my set. And he just bulls through these, these front doors and then coming through the door out comes uh, another vampire i would say a little bit of bubs from the wire in spirit uh, except he oh. he's dressed all in black like a like a theater tech and he steps <laughs> forward and he just folds his arms and he stands blocking the door
3: right okay
1: hey man you want to buy a
3: ticket uh how long's the show
1: yeah well it's it's the big man, so he's going to be doing a stuff for about two hours. <laughs> Straight till sunrise. Best act in town. Don't get funnier than that man for two hours.
3: Right. Uh, say, uh, uh, do you know who I am? Nope. You nope, want to buy a ticket? No, no, no. That's all right. <laughs> I, I was hoping if you could uh, give a message to Harvey uh, for me, if, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Big man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, w- what up? Uh, just tell him to uh, come on by the sheriff's office uh tomorrow night before he goes on stage I- okay yeah he,
1: he does a lot of warm-ups and such but yeah i'll see if he can swing by first you know he's headlining for the next year or so they they booked him on one of those vegas contracts
3: this is a lot uh i guess i'm, I'm happy for him harv's a friend of mine and you, you don't care about this uh just uh uh if he's too busy to come on down to the office, that's fine. Tell him to, to give me a call to call the sheriff's office.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell him to drop on by because I don't know your number. You got to move on if you ain't buying a ticket. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> good night. Good night. And I'll leave. Yeah, get get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> wow. And he's, he stands there. He's very chipper the whole time. There's no aggression yeah. from, yeah, from no. this man. Uh, but you you get to make your leave and you have just enough time to get back and the sun rises and it's a brand new day in New Haven that none of you witness because you are all vampires. But you all get to return to work the next day with the various tensions and other things still brewing in your lives. The first question I have to ask, though, Val. There's been a whole back and forth on what uniform you wear, whether it be the sheriff's uniform, whether it be you as a detective, whether you're just going to wear a leather jacket and not give a fuck about any part of the job. Mm -hmm. You've gone through this arc. You had a very important press conference that got the town excited slash drugged slash behind this department. How are you dressed on this day?
4: Yeah, I think after getting Sheriff Fry back and everything calming back down is just, she guesses just wear wear the uniform part of the job well, it's fine and i think it's it's even worse for her now because her uniform that she had customized a little bit got destroyed so she's in a pristine uniform that barely fits over her biceps that's just <laughs> like <laughs> on and there but she's probably looking more pristine than usual but
1: we've got a nice crisp val in the morning there evangeline you climb into the car to ride with Val which is why i've got to check in knowing these morning conversations can go one of two ways some words or no words is it a no words day
5: uh, oh that's a good question how, how are we are we the next day
1: yes so you you went in you had a successful press yeah. conference you went home teddy was not around. There was not a chance to talk okay. to him. He was not there for the hour before sunrise uh, when you woke up.
5: Interesting. Um, I, I've just got. I open the car door. Percy jumps in. Sit at my feet. I, I sit down.
4: Look straight ahead. Give a curt nod. Beautiful. That will just give a nod and turn the radio up and they will go. <laughs> Perfect.
1: So Percy is in uniform, as we've already discussed. Yes. So we have three uniformed officers in Cherry this morning. To clarify the <laughs> Famulus ideal, because there was one episode where the Famulus could talk for a second and there were others where it current. A Famulus is like Air Bud. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. You get the fantasy kid movie dog that can understand the things you're saying and help But in high-stress situations, you still have to roll occasionally because sometimes the dog doesn't quite understand to get the keys. You know, if we're just picturing the mask trying to get the keys to get out of the cell. Milo, the keys. (laughs) Yes. So consider consider Percy the, the police Milo of this organization. Love it. Every morning we also know, Doris, upstairs, you do a tarot reading. I do. So we've got to see on your custom deck what Mm -hmm. today is looking like. So it is a wits and a cult roll for you. Yes. As it is every morning. I'm hoping you'll remember that when I undoubtedly forget (laughs) that. I
6: will. (laughs) One, two, three. Uh, That's four successes.
1: Ooh, very, very good. So the card you flip over from your custom deck that you have built over the ages shows a small hill And a line of five ants, with one of them at the very top, holding up a leaf larger than all of them, with sunbeams shining past them. Cool. So, they're images, obviously, Uh of work, of teamwork, of some kind of success, of achieving larger goals. This appears to be the thing from today. And you got a pretty good feeling that today's is accurate. Sometimes you feel like they could be wrong or a real mess, but today's Mm -hmm. feels like you're going to get... That work.
5: is so perfect yeah. just for Laura because <laughs> my little desk mascot is an ant.
1: Oh, <laughs> so perfect. I
5: love it.
1: Can you all please roll rouse checks this morning?
4: Yeah, that's a pass for me. I rolled a 10.
1: Pass.
4: That's just I, a d10, right? That's that's all
1: yep, it is. Yep. Just okay. a d10. So if you roll six or up, you don't get any hungrier. If you roll a five or less, you Excellent. get a little hungry. That's a six.
6: I rolled a ten.
1: Oh. Right. So you have rations to go. S- <laughs> you have rations to sip on, anyways, just to feel good about yourselves. That will mean all <laughs> of you only have one point of hunger. Uh, To reiterate, the only way to get to zero hunger is to drink someone until they die. So that is not an option according to the rules of New Haven, (laughs) unless you are sheriff, apparently, who ate someone in like episode two. (laughs) But we've moved past that because in continuity, it has been four days. So we're on day five. Everything's fine now. Everything's fine. So when you all arrive in the sheriff's uh, office proper, where we have the desks in the central floor,
2: Barty... Comes out and just says, "I'm so glad you guys are all back, because it's been a lot of stuff. I've had people out dealing with all the bodies, and then more bodies. that we had to do a containment unit. So I got some some crime scenes for you to go to, and I've had to have my people working nights because you guys have been useless. But uh, it's time for you to do the real glory of police work—paperwork. Sit down, at your goddamn desks." And he just like takes a breath.
1: And he smokes a cigarette with his other hand and he chugs an iced tea and he's like, <laughs> you guys have killed so many
2: people. and You destroyed like four vans that belong to the retirement home. And it's been a real problem. So I think you guys got about two days straight of just doing paperwork. So sit down, do your paperwork, and it's going to be fine. You can start working cases after that. Just do your, do your, oh, God. oh.
1: He <laughs> he's inhaling his own spit while smoking. He's like, you got to do this. This is on you. Uh, and he leaves. And you realize there's a large amount of, of pristine reports that you all have to make from every time you fired a gun to every time someone ate someone. Evangeline, you have no idea how to do a form that says, I ate a council member but was forgiven by a vote I didn't attend. Uh, and Doris, because there are file reports that then have to be typed into a computer... Uh, You, as a standard operation in New Haven, have to sit beside Troy as Troy does your paperwork and answer any questions Troy has about what happened to you.
6: Fantastic. Wouldn't have it any other way.
1: (laughs) So you are all seated there working on your paperwork. What does this look like for all of you to be stuck just filing the most laborious police paperwork? Uh,
5: Evangeline is actually surprisingly good at this because she wrote her own scripts when she was at the news station. So she was very good at like taking the pertinent details and, and just like writing them in a way that made sense and could be communicated clearly. So I think she's just like, she's putting any sort of emotion out of her mind and just like the facts, the facts, the facts. I think Doris is doodling. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> I think Val is, for one, probably distracting to others because she's making noise because I think she is having restless leg the entire time of doing this and like cl- clinking boots against the part of the desk. Yes. She's also not a very computer literate person. She's hunting, pecking, oh, everything, yeah. and then all of the documents are terrible chicken scratch handwriting. But it's like there's things that are in the boxes. It's filled out. There's letters. It's good enough.
1: <laughs> Everett, what does it look like for you? Would you try to go into the sheriff's office to be the official sheriff, or would you stay out here to work with everyone else?
3: Uh he would stay out here to work with everyone else. This is like I think Everett would cherish this moment of just complete mundane normal police work. <laughs> Like he has not had this in his life <laughs> since really before he was turned uh oh. or he was embraced, I guess is the right term. um and so, gosh, this is this is t- tremendous. This is fantastic. He's so happy to be doing police paperwork and is happy to bask in it with the rest of the the department.
6: I think occasionally Doris will toss him questions related to her doodles, like. Um, Because he's the. Yeah, sheriff. I was gonna say.
1: Let's get three questions and answers right now. This is beautiful. <laughs>
6: um. <clears throat> uh. Uh, Mister Fry, sir. Yes. Do you think? Do you think toads should have four legs or six? Uh, toads. Indeed. <laughs> like in a perfect world where everything was a, as it should be. Do you think they they should have six
3: legs? (laughs) Uh, I need a frame of
6: reference. Sure. Sure. Right. All right. And you can see her very adding to more legs. (laughs) Um, Observing
3: that, he has to ask out loud, did your toad have four legs just now?
6: (laughs) It did. I just thought it needed something more. Right, okay. But I just wanted to make sure that it was right in the eyes of nature.
3: <laughs> Officer Barbara, I don't know what to say to that, but uh, I appreciate you... That's all right. ...taking these uh, unusual quandaries uh, under your own advancement.
2: Okay, I'm sorry that. to interrupt, but... Uh, Doris, you, you had blood tea with Marjorie?
6: Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, we did.
2: Okay, uh, how
1: long did that take?
6: Oh, not very long. She actually got distracted by um, someone I think she thought was handsome.
2: <laughs> oh, good. good for her, I guess. Uh, did you have both arms or one arm?
6: Oh, both at that time, I think. It's it oh, so long ago.
2: That's good. That was scary. Okay, uh, so Tro- Troy is just
1: working away, trying to keep Doris's ramblings coherent. I am going to come back for those two other <laughs> questions. I just want to be clear
2: because this is majestic.
1: <laughs> Uh, While this is happening, though, uh, the front door opens, and Teddy comes in. Evangeline, you spot him out of the corner of your eye. He is in a a uniform for the city. As we've said, Mm -hmm. he's an IT guy. He deals with a combination of physical wiring and other setups for the city, which is why he's so frustrated with his Nosferatu work partner, who does all wiring for the 1930s. And uh, he's also slicked his hair back. You can tell this is like date night Teddy. Where he's oh. trying to like be put together, uh, and he comes in and he pulls out from behind his back just a, a glass vase full of roses, because Teddy is many things but not creative. So you know when you're getting flowers from Teddy, they're roses. But it is mm-hmm. his like formal apology, and he just puts them down on your desk and he's like, "I'm sorry. I said stuff that wasn't okay. It's it's all my fault. I love you. I'm sorry." I, I left early because I had to get these for you, so you could be at work. But just, I love you. You don't have to say anything. I love you. Also, Barty called, so I gotta go do some like tech upgrades or something in his office.
5: Okay, thank thank you. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm. I'm. I'm sorry too. Uh, um, uh, yeah. But everything's fine.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Everything's fine, of course. You know, it's just, it's storms blow in and then they blow away because that's that's how yeah. life is. We're going to be fine. Hey, Percy, what's up? Uh, and he's got that pocket full of treats, so he just reaches one in, gives a little one to Percy, and then he's like, I, I got to go to work. You guys are great. And he goes off inside the office to work with Barty. None of you know why, but odds are everything's a wreck in this building. So it all checks out. And, and then
5: just, just for a minute, Evangeline is just kind of stares blankly at her screen. Just it, thinking.
1: Has, it has become clear to everyone else in the bullpen that apparently there was a big fight in Evangeline's house and this very public yet private apology was made. Does anyone have anything to say, ask, respond to?
4: I think Val would have watched that, but not pretending like she isn't watching. But you can tell because she stopped doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but didn't say anything. Because <laughs> I don't uh, know if Val's even ever seen Teddy before. Like, I don't even know if she knows Evangeline has a partner or not. I don't know.
1: That's an evangeline question. How much have you told um, Val? Because I know it's been said multiple times that Val knows the most about you of anyone.
5: Yeah. Um, I I don't think we've really talked about him <laughs> though, knowing Teddy, <laughs> he probably would have like stood at the front door and like waved mm. to Val, okay. um, you know, as often as he could.
4: Yeah. I think it's more just filing away, trying to get a gauge on that guy, just part of her the way she thinks about things. But yeah. Once he's in Birdie's office, she'd just go back to her work. She wouldn't say anything.
6: Uh, Doris would look at the flowers and just say, I had someone bring me flowers once. It was to apologize for accusing me of witchcraft. It didn't work. Wait. Oh. Like you didn't forgive them? No, the, the accusation didn't work. And I lived. But then we dated for six months. They're very nice
5: flowers. Uh huh. Uh
3: huh. Uh, Everett, I think just uh, discreetly to Val will ask. uh, Does uh, does that happen often? Does he come in flowers and all that?
4: Val slowly looks up at Everett. No, looks back down at her work and goes back to work. All right.
1: And the front door bangs open and in strides just confidently as possible in a Hawaiian shirt and pale cargo shorts, Harv, just coming in. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm here to talk to Everett. What's up, buddy? You wanted me to come on by? Hey, Harv. Good to uh, good to see you. Have a good show last night? Yeah, it was great. Hey, everybody, I used to be a cop, too, but now I'm just real funny. Ha <laughs> ha, run zanies. So... Uh, who are your new friends, Everett?
3: Uh well, these are uh, officers uh Miller, Arba, and Clark. Uh Miller. everyone, this is uh this is Harvey. He uh he used to be yeah uh in the same uh police force as me uh in another laugh, so to speak. Uh but now he is pursuing a career in comedy.
6: I like jokes.
3: Oh, perfect. You got a favorite
1: one?
6: How many nails would a platypus have if we're a human?
1: Oh, this is one of those weird ones. It's like a riddle. I like it. Uh, I don't know. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it, but I like it. I'm going to try that one in my act tonight because I got two hours to fill. Uh, Everett, you wanted me to swing by, though? What's what's going on, man?
3: Yeah, I just just wanted to... uh... I was surprised to see you in town. That's all. Uh, what uh, What's the story there?
1: Yeah, so about three days ago, I got this offer because I did five minutes at the Chuckle Hut. Uh, that, I mean, I didn't think they were that tight, but this guy came up and he said he was from uh, Lord Lord Rosa and he needed somebody to headline out here for a couple months. So they offered me the contract and I said, no, you know, I'm not ready to do a two-hour set every night for almost a year. But, uh, I mean, A, it's a lot of money. And B, they mentioned you were in town.
3: And uh, he looks at the other three.
1: Hey, can we talk in private for like a second?
3: Yeah, yeah. Come on in. Uh, got an office over here. I'll take him into the sheriff's office. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm, get the fuck out. I'm working. You can use the interrogation room. All right. And I will <laughs> close the door uh, and uh, and go to the interrogation room instead. And Harv is
1: nervous in a way you haven't seen before. It's discomforting. He's clearly not comfortable in his body, which is very weird for someone with his level of confidence. He's pacing instead of sitting down at the table with you. And he's just like, you know, be, being a vampire ain't so easy. And I've been making some not good choices. So I felt like I should come by here to see to see you and be close to you. Because when I'm close to you, I'm like a, a,
3: a, 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 I'm like a better person. Oh, horror. Right. I, I, look, I, I get it. Uh I've had my fair share of mistakes, you know, getting used to being a vampire and all that, all that comes with it. I, I get it. I get it, buddy. Um, well, you, I mean it's uh, just
1: the, the the beast, it'll get you, you know, like it makes you feel like maybe you should just eat things, you know, just like the good people. And the thing that I know is like you're not out there doing the bad magics. You're not out there trying to eat people's souls. You're not out there like doing mass murders and stuff just for your own
3: power. You know, you, you haven't done any of that. Well, now, Harvard, I, I have, you know, been, I have slipped up in the past. Like you say, that that beast can really get a handle on you. Uh, no,
1: no, 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 no. The beast can't get a handle on you, Everett. I got to believe that it can't get a handle on you because I'm not as strong as you, man. You got to keep me together. That's why I'm here yeah. to tell jokes. Make sure you don't let me turn into
3: a monster. That's it. I just need a friend. Well, good, Harv. But uh, you know, no one man is is strong. It's he's as strong as the people around him, his team, people who support him, his his friends. I uh, I probably would have gone down a way darker path if it weren't for the officers officers out there in the in the front lobby. They helped me out.
1: Uh, okay, good. So I I can call I, them if I got troubles or something.
3: Which yeah, one th- I,
1: which one of them do you think's most reliable if you're not around?
3: I'm uh, having like beast problems. So far, I'd probably say uh, Officer Miller.
1: Officer Miller. All right, I'm gonna make a note of that. So and, if I got a problem, I can call Officer Miller up and she can help me with my
3: vampire problems. And it seemed like you got on okay with Officer Barbara out there as well. So
1: as long as Oh, you- yeah, I gotta talk to her about my comedy routine. Maybe I can I, you know, we can I can have her into watch my set one night and then she can give me notes.
3: Yeah. Uh, between you and me, uh, Officer Clark had a bit of a scary altercation with some real nasty types out there, and I don't know if she's fully bounced back yet. I gotta check in on her and see how she's doing. But
1: you're you're, you're a good man, Everett. I'll I'll give her some comps on the way out. Thank you. I just wanted to let you know I was in town because I need someone to look after me, and, and I hey, think you can do it. Look, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I I would love to be uh part of your, you know support network. Uh, I would love that for you, Harvey. That's great, because
1: I got these business partners who seem real nice. I can't wait for you to meet them. There's this guy, Dylan Zane. He seems real great. There's Lord uh, Testy Rosa. And then I met this very nice fellow named Horatio Sundrop, who I thought kind of sucked. And then, I I mean, day later, had a couple of drinks together, and I was like, this guy might be all right.
3: Yeah, I I met a lot of those guys already, Harvey. From now on, I would be careful about just kind of readily accepting uh favors and gifts and things like that. Everyone, everyone in power around here usually has an ulterior motive. A lot of okay, manipulation I'm, that goes on around here.
1: All right. Well, I already signed the contract and right, I, got the I heard a whole
3: year. You're going to be here, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing two hours a night. It's going to keep me real busy. Me and uh, Ray Hannibal. He won't let anyone be barefoot or he will try to kill them. That's what I learned about him. Malcavian talks about feet constantly, afraid of feet. Don't know why. Have,
3: that that is funny, or, uh, Oh, it's he pulls out a little notebook. This is gonna be a good joke. I'll talk just about like the eye roll, just like oh, I fucked it up. I need to be careful about the words I choose, kind of thing. <laughs> uh,
1: feet thing, platypus nails. Don't want to forget that one. <laughs> All right, I got to go because I had to warm up for my set, you know, because the opener only does about, you know, an hour. <laughs> they only got three comedians in this place, so we got to do like a six-hour set between us. It's it's getting to be a lot, but I think I can figure it out, especially now that I know this place is a real joke factory.
3: Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you come on by as often as you like, Harvey. It would be good to see you as often as I can. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll swing by when I can, man. This is very nice. Uh, and he walks out of the interrogation room. He walks over to you, Evangeline. And he just says, I heard you're going through a rough time. So, uh, have some comps. Come on out for a chuckle. And he slides two free tickets to Zany's, New Haven's only comedy club, onto your desk and strolls on out. Uh,
5: Evangeline didn't even have time to like give a retort. That seems like a very long comedy show.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my knee-jerk reaction would be uh mr toaster roaster uh uprooted one of my lifelong friends uh and brought him over here to new haven so that he could kill him if i got out of line I that'd be just to my say, first fucking guess
6: that was my guess too it's uh, a <laughs> it's what I, I it's what i would have done
3: well thank you for the confirmation officer barbara
6: Oh, did you not want confirmation? I'm sure he's just here to do comedy and everything will be fine.
3: Thank you. Thank you for both (laughs) statements. They're equally helpful.
1: So Everett, you turn back to your paperwork. I am longing for that paperwork. But realizing with Harv having come back and talked to you about how good you are, that you have looming stain from doing acts that he thought you could never do. Yeah. So it is time to see if you regret your actions. That's always question one, because if you don't, then that makes this real easy. But do you feel like you regret almost diabolizing that person? Does that haunt you? Or have you accepted that as part of your beast?
3: I regret regret it. Um... It was it was an unintended complication stemming from something that I wanted to do, which was draining someone to uh, not placate, but just to incapacitate. Incapacitate, thank you, to incapacitate them. And something foreign and frightening and dark took over. And I almost made a mistake that I would have to live with for the rest of my life so yes i am deeply uh
1: i feel deep regret over that all righty well this is between sessions for us quote unquote in terms of story so we need to do a humanity check to see if you can make yourself clear of your stain or if it will lessen your humanity so how many non-black boxes like what is your humanity score right now
3: including stains
1: uh, so here, let's do this easy. What's your humanity score, ignoring the stains and other things, just your base humanity right now? Uh, six. And how many stains do you have? Two. All righty. So you are going to be rolling two dice for your remaining white boxes on your, your sheet. Right. Uh, you need one of them to be a success to maintain your current humanity.
3: Okay. Two successes.
1: All right. So your stain is wiped... Clear. You feel guilty, but you have internalized that guilt. You're promising yourself you won't do it again. You've got Harv. Is there something that you feel like for yourself is the big turning point psychologically where you believe you can do better or kind of double down on your
3: beliefs? <clears throat> um, I think... I think Everett is reluctantly accepting that he has taken on a leadership role here and needs to set a better example. And in, in that way, he needs to manage this, these cravings better than just building them up, building them up, building them up to the point where he needs to spring into action and does something awful.
1: Smart. And I will flag for you when it comes, Everett, to your mornings here. Barty has already said you needing vampire blood is not a problem. They have it on stock for their internal ghouls. So he's increased the orders. So you have the same access to rations through the police station as anywhere else. It's not going to be the same problem, at least within the police station, as it would be any other where and kind of vampire kind. Right. Val, one thing that you notice as the time goes on, hours are passing. This is obviously a whole (laughs) night of paperwork. Um... But Val, you are noticing that Everett has a slight tan, which you had never thought would be possible for a vampire. But he has had enough sun exposure and sun damage that when it healed back, he is just the slightest (laughs) bit bronzed. Wow. You're the only one who's noticed this so far. Do you say anything? How does this strike you?
4: I think she would definitely notice that and put that away. And she does remember Everett saying when he was discussing the events while he was gone that he couldn't beat up witnesses because he was paralyzed. (laughs) So (laughs) there are definitely a lot of questions. I mean, this is the time to ask him. You're sitting around.
1: There's no case.
4: Yeah. It's paperwork day. I think uh, she would... Take some of the paperwork that she has finished and like psh, psh, take the pa- stack of papers, take it over to Everett's desk like, I'm turning these in like a school project. But then <laughs> as, as she's putting them down, she would say, so you, uh, you okay, sure fry after all the, uh, sounds like you had a lot of damage, but you look better.
3: Uh. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, from the night at uh, the school, right? The, the town hall meeting that went real fucking bad. Uh,
4: well, I mean, we, we went to the hospital after that, and then you said you yeah. got hurt again.
3: I got, uh, black bagged, I got kidnapped or captured. Um,
4: right. The van footage
3: by, uh, Red Sail. Um, I don't know a lot about them. I actually encountered them over in Montreal. Uh, didn't know they operated out here as well. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I was in a bad way in terms of uh, well, I guess my hunger um, got the better of me. Caused a uh, helicopter crash uh, right. after fighting off some guards. Uh, I broke my neck or my back or both um couldn't move in the middle of the forest got um picked up by some werewolves that seemed to operate outside of New Haven um quick
1: pause <laughs> werewolves is not a ver, werewolves is a word that is said very okay. casually by Everett yeah. yeah Evangeline you're too new to know much about werewolves Val, werewolves are criminals and the sworn enemies of the Camarilla who are constantly at war with vampires. Doris, I don't know your relationship to werewolves because I can predict your history with no one in this universe, and that is part of the joy. (laughs) What are your reactions to hearing that Everett met werewolves and was saved by them?
5: Uh, Evangeline looks up and says, I didn't didn't realize we had werewolves in New Haven. Since when are the werewolves here... They're, no, it's just humans and vampires. It's humans and vampires. It's There's just no humans f- and vampires. Were they fluffy? Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not when I saw them, they were uh, they were just looking like regular folk. Um, Wait, Val, what's your physical
1: reaction to this? If it's not verbal.
4: Yeah, she's she's waiting for the commentary to die down and her physical just constantly more raised eyebrow. And then (laughs) wait, do you say saved by what you mean? You fought werewolves?
3: No, I was a quadriplegic. I was saved by them.
4: why the fuck would werewolves not just tear you apart?
3: They uh, seem to want to question me first. And uh, actually, I I know one of them. She really helped smooth things over. Uh, Didn't expect her to be out this way either. I I met her in Montreal before she was, uh, do they say embraced for werewolves? Or I don't know, before she was turned.
6: I've embraced werewolves.
3: Wait, you what? You hugged them. Oh, I kind of thought that was... Like against the rules, but maybe it's not as bad as I think it is.
6: The rules are very new, Everett Fry. I'm right.
3: not right, right. Oh, uh,
5: Evangeline has her fingers to her temples, just like Clark. Is, they're not is in shock, in, like like <sighs> they're
3: not in town. They're but they were. No, but they were. They were. They were not.
5: They were close, though.
3: Yeah, close in the way that the woods are close. or close in the way that I was close when I fell out of a helicopter. Um,
6: Dora starts doodling a helicopter.
3: Say
1: Percy <laughs> jumps up on Evangeline's desk and with one paw is just petting her shoulder <laughs> while she like rubs her forehead. Is just trying to calm her down in a more peopleish way than one would expect, but definitely trying to calm her down.
5: Can you tell me something that will like maybe not let me completely freak out about there being werewolves? Like how? Like do we need to, we need to tell people?
3: Uh, Does
5: this need to be like an announcement to the town? Because are they going to come and like attack people? And, like turn other people into werewolves? Like what? what what's going to happen? Am I going to be like a dual like werewolf vampire? Like is that going to happen?
4: That's not a fucking thing. How do you know? Val just does the slow turn over the shoulder, <laughs> like, and then turns back to Everett. Well, oh. excuse me. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about werewolves. Somebody explain, please.
1: Val, so so the things Val would know, and maybe Doris would know, is if a werewolf tries to turn a vampire, they die. And if a vampire tries to turn a werewolf, they die. It's impossible to crossbreed. Everett does not know this. Yeah. I don't think. Val, Val just so. new
4: it's 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 not a fucking thing so just don't
6: <laughs> they like having their tea leaves red you can make friends with them that way
3: I gotta say I I got on with them pretty all right all things considered I was you know putty in their hands like they could have done anything they wanted with me and they left me
4: Belle slaps the rest of the papers down on the desk she's it's stressing her out and she just says well, well, just good. I'm glad you're better, or not fucking dead. And then goes back to sit down because it's like freaking her out because it's the 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 sheriff almost died thing again. Is just not cool. It's not sitting well with her.
3: Uh, uh thank, thank you.
4: I second that, Mister Fry.
6: You know you're not allowed to die, right? You know that the entire experiment rests on your shoulders.
3: Right. I've been reminded by Bart over there. Yeah, I know.
1: Right. The front door bangs open and in storms Marjorie. Just a, just a potato of a woman covered in shawls, advancing immediately towards Doris, being like, well, oh, I, I did my tarot reading and I learned that I had to bring you the notes that I made from the no-face man. Here, here you go, it's, what did your say? Good day, good day, mediocre day, maybe bad day, a little bit of both? It
6: was an excellent day, Marjorie. Lots of togetherness, working together, being excellent. together. There were ants. And there were five of them.
1: Oh, yeah, it's very significant. She, good l- so she very looks better. at him.
6: She like look, looks at Marjorie with like the the like the number five should be very significant.
1: Oh, important number for a variety of conflicting reasons. <laughs> I brought you these. Uh, she produces uh, the elaborate and very well made drawings of the runes that had been etched around the circle where the flayed body had been found in the shed of the Sunset Retirement Home. To jump back to one of your very first case moments, Marjorie had been sent back by Doris to make those notes. So Doris, instead of just doodling, you do now have a new piece of arcane magic oh, yeah. to study and try to harness for yourself. Excellent. And Marjorie looks at your doodles and says, oh, it's a very good toad, very good toad. What is this? And she points to your second drawing.
6: Oh, um, that's Percy. Um, if he had legs, well, human legs, and had a purple aura, I feel like purple's his aura.
1: Oh, oh I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's missing something. Maybe ask someone in this room. They will help you. They will help you.
6: A hat. Right.
1: Sometimes you find your own answer. It's an important part of tarot. All right, everyone, look at future. Find what you need. Uh, and Marjorie peaces out, but as she opens the door on the way out, she goes, oh yeah, and they hit someone's car in parking lot. And she closes the door and takes off.
4: <laughs> Val stands up and walks <laughs> to the window.
1: <laughs> Val, you look out and see that it's Teddy's car. You've seen it oh. in Evangeline's driveway before.
4: <laughs> Val's She's shoulders go down.
1: <laughs> dented dent a, dented a back, a back passenger Sits side back door. back down. <laughs> but... That is a brief moment of memory for you of the high cost that Cherry has paid for being brought to work. Yep. A choice that you made with your own touchstone when you could have taken a squad car. Yep. Do you feel bad about the damage that happened to Cherry?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she big time feels bad. All right, it's... so
1: how much humanity do you have?
4: I also have six.
1: You have six. Yep. And Cherry is your touchstone, and you willingly allowed this damage to happen, so that's two stain. Yep. So, I need you to roll two dice for me.
4: All right. There's two dice. Oh, I failed both of them.
1: Failed both. You feel your humanity lessen. Your skin grows a little bit colder. And let me flip the page to find exactly what happens. Oh, no. Um, hilarious.
4: <laughs> Wonderful. I'm just more spookier now.
3: You have to talk with a Transylvanian accent now.
4: Oh, no. It's
3: the next step.
4: (laughs) Excellent.
3: (laughs) So, Val, your humanity has dropped,
1: meaning you are more recognizably a vampire. You suffer a one-die penalty on roles to interact with humans. So mortals are discomfited by you as a supernatural predator. Uh, The cases where this does not affect things are intimidation, subterfuge, or any test to hunt or kill a person.
5: Okay. So
1: it's just to try to get them to do what you want. Any positive interaction with a person is a minus one die pool. And that is it. Because, yes, yes, fair listeners, there are a whole bunch of rules in Vampire about how much humanity you have to have to have sex, but it's disgusting. <laughs> Fuck you, and we're not doing it. <laughs> I refuse to engage with that. Uh, so. Val, you you just feel yourself grow a little bit colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that will mean for you in a mechanical sense is you can keep taking Cherry wherever you want. Uh, yeah. I was going to have the idea that that fear could be affecting you on an ongoing basis. But you're just a little more cavalier. It got fixed yeah. up. Cherry got fixed. You don't have to feel that. Is, is there anywhere else that you think your justifications for, for becoming a little more vampiric, what do you think those would be that now makes sense to Val that may not have before this incident?
4: um well i think in general it's a situation of yeah the car got fixed and the only thing that she's managed to do well on this entire adventure is hurt things and well well if i have to be a monster and hurt things and that is helpful that's that's where it's gonna land that's it
1: nice doris You've put the hat on Percy, it still doesn't feel right. What's the question you have for Everett to help you make sure that your drawing is getting everything done correctly?
6: Mm. Um, uh, Mr. Fry?
3: Yes, uh, Barbara?
6: If you were a hat bangle, what kind of hat bangle would you be?
3: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't know what that is. Uh,
6: Oh, and she like points hat to her, she she points to her hat, which is currently like blood red, and it has little like like curtain knobbies hanging down from the sides, <laughs> like those kind of things.
3: Oh, that
6: like Billy, you know Billy's uh, Porter's like uh, hat that like opened up at the right.
3: yeah yes. Uh, well, seeing Doris gesturing to her own hat, uh, Everett would just say, "Well, Officer Barbara, I can say quite truthfully." that is the finest hat bangle i've ever seen and that would be that would be the one i would pick
6: That's not what i expected you to say sir and then she just diligently goes back to drawing bangles on the hat just
3: just just like she ended the conversation and like looked back at her work like she's done talking to everett but everett is still just looking at her (laughs) not really sure what just happened um and is just now watching her draw
1: (laughs) and time moves a little bit further into the evening you're all working on paperwork and then with a bang Barty's door slams open uh, and Barty runs out to your desk, Evangeline, closing it behind him. And he's like, I think
2: you should, you gotta go take a shit right now. Just go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. You don't want to be here in 10 seconds. What? I fucked up on it. I fucked up and I'm sorry, but you gotta go take a shit.
5: Wait, what did you do?
1: And you just hear a shit like a shaking Teddy? against Barty's door.
2: And he's like, get me out of here. Barty's like, you don't wanna do it. Go take a shit. I promise. Just go shit. Uh, just go no, shit. No, I go to
5: the door and I open it.
2: Evangeline,
1: what the... And you know you're in trouble already because Teddy called you Evangeline instead of Evie, which is a red flag. And he's just like, what the fuck? You lied about it being a kidnapping ruse? You were actually kidnapped by the children of Lilith? They were going to kill you? You blood frenzied? You, you ate one of the council? What the hell? Um, uh,
5: and Evangeline just goes completely cold. And she turns to Val uh, and says... I haven't put that part in my report yet. Can you remember who I ate? I was in a bit of a different state.
4: Belle's chair makes the longest squeak <laughs> as she turns towards this bullshit. <laughs> Kane Raziel. Okay. <laughs> and okay, Vangeline so everybody. Sweeps
5: back to her computer and types up. <laughs> Kane Raziel was the one that she. Eight.
1: All right. All right. This is what we're doing. Then this is what we're doing. What a relationship based on trust. And he's gonna pick up the vase of flowers and just throw it in the garbage next to the desk. And he is going to leave. And Evangeline, you because you have caused harm to a touchstone, I would say you have the highest humanity, so this can affect you. You take two stain. Okay. So what is your humanity right now?
5: It's nine.
1: Okay, so you are actually impaired by stain currently. So that means you have minus two to all dice rolls until you face what you are dealing with. You do have options as a character sitting there, um, having had this moment. Would anyone respond
3: in any way to this? Or is she just gonna sit alone? Um, Everett (laughs) would, but. (laughs) One of you's not going to like it because Everett would immediately turn to Val, the person that Evangeline carpools with, and say, uh, Hey, uh, would, can you go talk to her? <laughs> She's also in the room, so this is hilarious.
4: We you told Val to talk to Evangeline? Yeah. But Val looks flabbergasted by this.
3: <laughs> Just, y'all seem to get on. Quite well and clearly you, I think someone should
2: You can use my office I'm so sorry You guys gotta tell me what I gotta fucking lie to people
3: about It's of I don't know Thank you Bart Thank you uh, Miller Dor- can you talk to Clark And see if she's alright
2: There's ice tea in there
4: Wait, I was just gonna look if is, Doris is- will
6: put her hand up and say <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll talk to her
3: Barbara thank you so much uh i just want to hear what uh miller is going to do and then uh we'll we'll see if we need you to tap in there miller
4: <laughs> stop fucking talking like clark isn't just fucking sitting right there if she wants to just she's a fucking adult clark are you fine and uh
5: Evangeline is just, she's staring at her computer, kind of like chewing her bottom
4: lip uh not doing anything, blank look. All right, Val's going to get up and walk outside and go walk and go to Teddy. <laughs> just going to go talk to Teddy outside.
1: Ted, Teddy's outside going, who the fuck hit my car? Today is fucking <laughs> bullshit. I fucking hate this town. I fucking hate this place. Hi, Val.
4: Fuck. I I know where you can get the car fixed hey like I get it it sucks like go easy on her I it's it's fucked up everything that happened was fucked up sorry you got lied to it's all fucking bullshit I agree but like don't be mad at her why why does
1: she gotta be a fucking cop we don't have to be here we don't have to do that she's been she's been a vampire for like I don't know, like five weeks like Look, that's it Which you, you Val, know is patently untrue.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah. well She's been a
1: vampire for like nine months.
4: (laughs) We're not going to... This is not her place to fix that problem. But look, you have to be here. If you were anywhere else, you would end up dead. One way or the other. But here she
1: almost died. I'm fine. I I, I was fine with being the one who died if it meant she got to live. But now she's going to get herself killed and me and can't she retire sure we can't leave the town but she doesn't have to be doing this sheriff bullshit nobody has to be a cop
4: yeah all right we can try and keep her on paperwork or something like just we is that a promise you'll keep her her on paperwork i promise i'll keep her on paperwork all right just stop being fucking mad at her
1: all right Let's roll a dice for this one. Cause this oh, is a good thing. No, he's human. Matters.
4: This is scary. Yes, he's human and you're trying <laughs> to do the same thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you got
3: Not
1: paler me. and scarier five minutes ago. Uh God okay.
4: Damn it. All right.
1: <laughs> so this will be manipulation. Yeah. And this will be. You don't have a ton of options on this I one that really I can really try to help you have out. Have with. A ton it's of prop. Options. It's uh, I would accept subterfuge for the lie or persuasion if you were trying to convince him. Just depends on which way you're leaning.
4: They're they're the same. They're nothing. Um I'm gonna say persuasion.
1: Great. And so got- I
4: guess I'll use the new I will surge to try and add a dice because I have to remove a dice anyway
1: to increase your manipulation. Okay, so roll a rouse check for that.
4: Oh, and I failed it, so now I'm hungrier. <laughs> you are hungrier. I hate today. that
1: but that additional hunger will not affect this roll. And the other thing I want to flag for everybody. Uh, Because this also, I think, can get confused at times. Anytime you're using a discipline, so Doris, if you're ever casting a spell, if anybody's surging, if you're using your abilities, the rouse check is just whether or not it burns some of your blood. It does not stop the power from working. The power always works. It's just a question of what the cost is. So you surge. You you feel the vitae in your veins help you control the dead muscles of your face to be more convincing.
4: Yep. Please, 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 Dice. Please be nice to me. failed all of it oh no <laughs> i tried for you but you know. <laughs> oh
1: my god you're lying too this is just a building full of liars he's just yelling at the building and at you you're gonna get us all killed i don't know what the fuck i'm doing here i don't know what the fuck she's doing here this is fucked and he just gets in the car and starts to peel at it a lot
4: val just walks back in sl- opens slams the door behind her i made it worse sorry sits back in the table <laughs>
2: Well, I know what that's like. Uh,
1: And Barney's (laughs) going to go into the office and close the door. Evangeline, you're sitting there facing your computer. And there are two paths that you can take that you can almost see in your mind in this moment. One is to try to make this right and to journey down the hard path of hard truths and try to lean into that. But it involves exploring or at least revealing a number of traumas, not even all of them yet but a number of them that you are hiding. The other is to decide not to care. You can see your own reflection in the screen of your computer because you're doing the paperwork right now and it's turned off and you look at yourself and what path do you choose?
0: Ooh.
5: I think for a second, Evangeline wants to choose like a middle road, which is like, give her report to Teddy. Let him see the facts. Then he'll understand the facts and they'll never have to talk about it again. (sighs) Oh man. I don't wanna do this, but I think she just has to get colder and try to not care.
1: Yeah. So Val, you, or so Evie, you accept the fact that there are certain things you will never share with Teddy. And as you stare at yourself in the, in the reflection, you see your skin grow slightly paler and your eyes glow slightly more from within. You no longer look like you're alive.
0: This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter. Del Borvik at DelTastic on Twitter. Laura Hemstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter. And storyteller Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter.
1: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half Blind Prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy. Orion Birchfield. Scott Garland, Benjamin V. Gavin and Abby McDonald. Logan, Fire on Friendly. Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan. Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn One One Three Eight, Allerain Okepi, OMG, it's Big Nick and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreoncom slash dice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks
3: to you.